Uh, so, but tonight we're going to uh, kind of dive into uh, talking about being delivered from hurt, uh, being delivered from hurt. So on, on Sunday, uh, we were just talking after church and, uh, well, actually Pastor Edwin had talked to read the prophecy uh, and I should have pulled it down. Uh, I, I typed it here. We was reading over the prophecy. If you notice, the prophecy says, for in the midst of all concerning thee, for these are the days that I prepare for you. You are blessed, you are ready, and you shall win. It says, I am the Lord your God, and if you will regard my words, I will take you farther than you've ever known. It says, don't be in a panic and don't be in a rush. Don't be in fear and don't get out of love. These coming days are the days that you prayed for, right? One thing that really jumped out to me as I read that again is that sometimes you can read too fast and, and, and you could overlook some things or your brain automatically fills in words. Uh, but I want you to read, I want to read that second sentence. It says, for these are the days that I have prepared, prepared you for. He didn't say these are the days I prepare for you. Because if you're reading really quickly, you may just say, oh, these are the days that God has prepared for me. That's not what he's saying. He says, these are the days that I prepare you for. So God was telling you, Kristen, telling you, uh, Tracy, telling you, Kimberly, I have specifically engineered you for these days. Yes, with housing interest rates at 6%. Yes, with the economy going into recession. Yes, with the stock market stocks losing value. I have engineered you for this time. He says, I'm not the one that prepared all this, but I have engineered for you to overcome. So that really is encouraging. And that's not the point of tonight's message, but I want you, I know you could read over that really quickly. I'm engineered for this time. That means I don't got to worry about caving in. I've been engineered for these times. I don't worry, got to worry about quitting. I have been engineered for these times. I have been specifically handcrafted by God to be able to withstand everything that the world has to offer during these times. That's what he was telling us. So you got to, when you want to quit, you say, I don't got no quitting me. God engineered for me to sustain whatever I may be going through at this time. It doesn't matter if it's financial. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. It doesn't matter if it's occupational. It doesn't matter if it's your job. It doesn't matter if it's your, your mindset. It doesn't matter if it's your health. You have been prepared to withstand this. You've been an engineered to overcome. But the word we're going to hang our hat tonight is this part. Don't get out of love. Don't get out of love. And nothing takes you out of love faster than hurt, than offense and unforgiveness. Pastor, Pastor Edwin and a group of us were just talking on Sunday. And a uh, little background to kind of tell you how we got here tonight. And as we were talking, people were sharing things. And as they were sharing, I realized through all of that information that I was hurt about a situation, about a person in my life. I thought this person to me was irritating. They frustrated me. They got on my nerves, right? All of these things were emotions that I identified. 
What I had never identified was the fact that I was hurt. And sometimes we, people who irritate us, people who frustrate us, people who anger us, we don't realize that all of those emotions are often just simply byproducts of an event or a series of events that have hurt us. And what hurt does, being hurt pulls us out of love. I'm just going to talk about myself tonight. Um, I was hurt and didn't even realize it, but my ignorance of being hurt didn't stop the manifestation of hurt separating me from the love of God. Ralph, how did it separate you from the love of God? So glad that you asked. What happened was, before I knew it, when that person would call me, I'll just have body, I mean, I get anxious, I get, I get irritated, I get frustrated. Before they could even ask for me, in my mind, I would already have told, I would have already chosen my answer to be no. Everything about them just irked my whole being, and I didn't want to hear their voice. I was hurt because the person had did some things that that caused me to be hurt, but I positioned that as anger. I positioned that as frustration. I positioned that as their stupidity. But my own life was an indication of hurt. Why? Because how did it pull me out of love? Me not being open to hear God about whether to bless them or not, because I was hurt and my default answer to them was always no, pulled me out of God's love. My default answer sometimes is not want to even pray for them because that's just the way they are, Pull me out of God's love. My default response to be frustrated and upset and offended pulled me out of God's love. So hurt, silently, unidentified in myself was causing me not to walk in God's love. And the thing that I sow is the thing that I reap. So without even realizing it, my hurt was causing me to sow a closed mind towards God. It was causing me to be able to, it was causing me to not hear God concerning this person's life. And so because I was sowing that, whatever a former souls in like, not like kind, will he also reap? So I had to be very, once identified, I told him, I was like, guys, I didn't realize this until somebody, to y'all was talking about it. That's not anger. That's not frustration. I'm hurt. But I had to identify that hurt. So what I want to go through tonight is really just talking to you about how hurt could be residing in your life and pulling you out of love. Some of you guys can probably think about somebody right now. If they called and asked for anything, your answer in your mind is no. And I can tell you right now, that is one indication that you're hurt because God always hears our prayers. No matter how many times he wronged him, God has never shut us out. And if we are to exemplify the love of God, then we are to do that for others as God has done for us. And so I just want you tonight, all right, to not look at your neighbor, not look at your spouse, not look at anybody, but to identify tonight, God, is there an area in my life where I am harboring hurt, where I'm hurt, but I'm identifying it as a wrong emotion. It's showing up as anger. It's showing up as depression. It's showing up as frustration. It's showing up as, as anxiety. It's showing up as stress, right? So, um, so yeah, so that's where we're going to start at. And see, a lot of times 
we can try to justify the way that we feel this way, right? They did me wrong. They said these things about me. Yeah, they did. But what people do to you doesn't give you a right as a believer to respond outside of the love of God. I'll say that one more time. What people do to you as a believer does not give you the right to respond outside of the love of God. Because what hurt and injury does, it wants you to protect yourself. It, it wants you to, to uh, be your own person. It wants to make you Lord of your own life. It wants to ensure that your feelings are taken care of. So hurt pulls you out of the will of God and pulls you into lordship of yourself. It removes the opportunities God has for you because you can't even see those because hurt begin, hurt is a blinder to the things of God. Uh, I said, I, and I'm talking about me. It says, I was justified in my feelings with stating that they had the same opportunities. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, well, why I got to do something for them, God? They got the same time in the day. They got 24 hours in the day to go to work like I go to work. They got the same choice to not do drugs the same way I chose not to do drugs. And we justify when we try to bring rationalization to uh, our no when God is telling you yes. God is telling you, yeah, buy them that. Yes, send them the money. Yes, buy their lunch. Yes, pray for them. you like, well, why, God? It doesn't matter. The why is the thing is he asks you to. But when you're hurt, hurt moves you out of love and into disobedience. And sometimes it's so silent, it's so small that you don't even recognize it, and you just end up doing it. All right? One way, my, fa my father hurt me. Uh, I was I was 19 years old in my dorm at the University of Arkansas, and I wrote my dad a letter for the first time to tell him I loved him. I told him how he hurt me. I told him how I felt about it, and I told him I was forgiving him. Because what, what when you harbor hurt, it causes your relationships to be hindered. So I, my relationship now with Pastor Edwin as my dad is only able to be prosperous and beneficial to both him and me because I let go of past hurt of someone else. So a lot of times you can have successful relationships and somebody who holds the same category as a person you are offended by. So some of y'all don't have a significant other because you still got hurt based on the old one, significant other. Some of you got mama issues and daddy's issues and, and sister and brother issues and, and uncles and grandma issues, all because you're harboring hurt from past relationships. All right. But we'll get to that. Uh, this is what we got to understand. Hurt is a form of entrapment the enemy uses to create a channel between you and past events. So you need to look hurt looks like this. All right. You know, when a woman's pregnant, right, the baby forms in her belly and this thing, there's this cord that connects the baby to the mom. You guys know it's the umbilical cord. The purpose of the umbilical cord is to provide nutrients from the mother to the child. Well, what hurt does for the believer is creates like what's well, like an umbilical cord. It creates a umbil it connects it creates a connection between the past events that harmed you and your present self. So as long as you have hurt in your life, it's going to always be a connection between the event that hurts you and your present life. And so you're just feeding yourself 
hurt over and over again because you're replaying it over and over again. And so what happens is you begin inwardly to maybe become, become depressed, but outwardly you begin to express anger and frustration and anxiety and irritation. And so what I do when I begin to annihilate hurt, I sever the umbilical cord. I, I let go of that. Forgiveness is like cutting the umbilical cord that connects past hurts to my present reality. So I got to get rid of that. And I do that through forgiveness. I do that through walking in the authority that God has given me. I do that through meditating on the word and the present reality that I live in, other than the past that has occurred uh, that caused me to forget, uh, feel this way. It says, hurt is an indication that you are wounded, right? When you get hurt, there's a wound. Like uh, my baby girl, she fell the other day. She's like, daddy, I'm hurt. She had a cut, right? And what, 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 what happens is this, that cut may not have been a big deal. It may have just been Pastor Chris saying something that you took the wrong way. It might have just been uh, uh, Cosette saying something that you took the wrong way. It might have just been Pastor Sean or, or me or, or your mom or a teacher at school saying something that you took the wrong way, or they said it intentionally to wound you. Either way, all right, it created a wound. Here's the thing about a wound, all right? My wife's a nurse and she stay on us about medicine and, 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 and health. But here's the thing about a wound. In the beginning, it may look like something that's not that big, right? But if you don't dress the wound, if you don't treat the wound, over time, that wound could grow and that area can become infected. And once it becomes infected, if the infection isn't treated, then before long, it spread throughout your whole body causing gangrene and other type of staff and all these other things. And before you know it, you're having something amputated or you're experiencing death all because of a wound that started in the form of being hurt. And so what we got to understand that any place that we are hurt that we don't deal with has the propensity to create death in our lives. All right. To create death in our lives. That's right, Amy. I choose to forgive and sever the, sever the umbilical cord, right? So we have all heard this thing. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Well, that's a lie. We all know that's a lie. Because if somebody called you out, words hurt. I was at Aiden's football practice the other day, and I said something to him, and it was pretty uh, – It what, what I said wasn't bad, but it was it – was, at football practice, and it was pretty intense, and it hurt his feelings. It wasn't my intent to hurt his feelings. My intent was to correct him so he could become better. But how he received it was in a way that hurt his feelings. So we understand that words do hurt, whether those are words of intent, intentionality, or words that are just perceived wrong. Either way it go, words do hurt. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs. It says, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of a wise man will bring healing. So what we got to understand is this, that the same mouth, the same tongue, the same body part that cuts you, then there's also that same body part, the tongue, that can bring health. But the problem is this. If you've suffered hurt before, 
then you're going to try to protect yourself and then protecting yourself the the mouth the mouthpiece that god has put into your life to bring you healing you won't hear because what happens is every situation that resembles your past hurt your hurt is going to go on and want to protect you and protection says this this looks like this last time so you don't need to go over there you don't need to be involved in that and so now you're not involving yourself in the very thing that's been designed to bring you healing some of you don't want to submit because the last time you submit somebody took advantage of you so now you don't want to listen to pastor edward and pastor sean now you don't want to listen to your boss at work now you don't want to listen to the elders of the church because the last time you submitted somebody took advantage of you and what happens is hurt is harbored and so that hurt is saying okay i can protect you right you enter you 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 uh allow demonic responses of spirits to dwell in your life through hurt and that hurt begins to be a friend to you where you try to find ways to be protected right that hurt says hey i got you you won't ever have to worry about being hurt again because i'm going to always let you know what happens right hurt plays off your feelings so that's why the last time you was in a relationship and then you trusted that person and that person hurt your feelings by cheating on you about doing something that broke the relationship the integrity of the relationship every time you get in a relationship and it looks similar to that past hurt because you have hurt you have an umbilical cord connecting you to that past experience and so what happens is hurt tells you this hey you feeling that same feeling hey this situation looks like it did in the past hey you don't need to go over there you don't need to talk to them you need to hurt them before they hurt you you need to break this off before they break it off with you you need to leave this before it gets bad because hurt is always recalling the past and the intention of hurt is to protect your feelings where god is designed to protect your future and so the thing that you're going to find out tonight is that hurt is always a hindrance to the future that god has for your life hurt will always be a hindrance to the future that god has for your life here's the thing that we got to understand is this you cannot build the life that god has for you on the foundation of hurt. you cannot build the life God has for you on the foundation of hurt. And, and I've said this, and I, I mean, because I talk about myself, because I don't want to talk about y'all, not tonight, we won't, or at least not yet, all right? I, I've been hurt, right? And what? how many of you guys have said this? I, I'm hurt, but I just move on, you know? I hurt, but I just deal with it. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hurt, but you played it down like it's not that big of a deal. I just... I mean, I shouldn't be hurt about this. This shouldn't, this shouldn't, it shouldn't be how I'm feeling. But here's the thing that I want to tell you, believer, man and woman of God, you cannot build the life God has for you on the foundation of hurt. You have to spend more time dealing with the hurt in order to be open to receive the future that God has for you. You have to spend more time dealing with the hurt in order to be open to receive the future that God has for you. Second Corinthians says it like this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. What happened to the old things? They passed away. Behold, all things are new. 
So go ahead and type this. Say, I let go of all the old things. I, I let go of all the old things. I let go of all the old things. Listen, let me let me tell you. Hurt is diminishing to God. Holding on to hurt says this. God, I don't trust you enough to protect myself, so I'm going to do it myself. That's what that's what happens when I when I hold on to hurt. Holding on to hurt tells God that he ain't good enough. It tells Jesus that going to the cross wasn't good enough. It tells him that being taking those stripes wasn't good enough. It tells it, it's an indication that you don't trust God. Because if I trusted God, then I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to use hurt as a weapon to keep me out of situations. I can let go of hurt because God will take care of me. I can let go of, I can forgive them because God will take care of me. A lot of times we harbor hurt because hurt is a weapon that we wield for our own protection. Because if I let go of this hurt, God, how will I know it won't happen again? Because the Holy Spirit will tell you. If I let go of this hurt, God, and I forgive them, how will, how will, how will I know, God, I won't find myself in this situation? Because the God will tell you. If, if I forgive them, God, and let them back into my life, how do I know that they won't hurt me again? Because it's not your job to take care of you. It's God's job to take care of you. And as long as I use hurt, being hurt, as long as I use unforgiveness to begin to utilize those we those things as weapons, I invite the enemy into my life to cause disaster and destruction. And I relinquish the future that God has for me because that future is obtained through obedience and walking in love. But I can't walk in love and be hurt at the same time. It's not possible. You can't walk in love to I can't I couldn't walk in love towards the person in my family and be uh and be hurt at the same time. I gotta choose one. And so I knew God had started working on me with some things. He was like, hey, I want you to pray for them. It's hard to pray for somebody that you hold offense against. It's hard to pray for somebody that you're mad at. It's hard to pray for somebody that irritates you, right? So God just said, hey, I want you to pray for them. And then you pray for them, and then they start calling you more. They start showing up, and it's like, God, what are we doing? I, I, I agreed to pray for them, but now I got to look at them. All right, whatever. I, I know I'm talking about y'all because I'm talking about me, right? You got people that when you that have hurt you in the past, now that you know that you've been hurt, because you ain't mad at them to be angry at them. They hurt you. Identify where it was hurt and choose to forgive them. Here's the thing that we got to hurt. Understand. People that, they didn't, listen, when that person pulled out in front of you this morning, they didn't think, oh man, I'm looking for Precious. I'm about to pull out in front of Precious on her way to work and make her day just horrible. No. People hurt you because themselves, they're hurt. A lot of times it's not even about you. It's about flaws in them. But because as humans, we take so many things personal, we make so many things about us, 
We internalize so many things. Instead of relinquishing those things over to God, we find ourselves harboring hurt and using that hurt to try to keep us safe. Hurt was never intended to keep you safe. God is the one that keeps you safe. Here's what my notes say. It says, when we meditate on the hurt, we stay bound. When we meditate on being hurt, we stay bound. We choose to carry baggage. Being hurt is a choice to carry baggage that we were never built to carry. You know, the prophet says, I have prepared you for this time, right? You know why some people are struggling during this time? Because they're carrying baggage that don't belong to them. You can't move in life as quick as you want to when you're carrying baggage that don't belong to you. I love that. Who said that? Amy Flowers? You're right. That's actually in my note. Hurt is a liar. All right, we'll get to that. That's my next point. Hurt is a liar. It distorts, distorts the perception of reality. When you're hurt, it weighs you down and it hinders your pro progress. Think about a person going through an airport, right? And all they got is a carry-on, right? They got 10 minutes to get to their plane. All they got is a carry-on. They're able to maneuver much quickly. But think about the person who's carrying luggage. My mama hurt me. My daddy left me. My, my grandma didn't want me. I was fired from the job. My boyfriend broke up with me. You're carrying all of this luggage. Though you got the same amount of time, though you got the same, uh, you're supposed to be on the same flight, there are opportunities that you're missing because the luggage of life is weighing you down. It's not that you're not making progress, but you're not accelerating at the rate God desires because hurt and the luggage is weighing you down. It's not that you can't be the best. It's not that you can't be debt-free. It's not that you can't be whole. It's not that you can't be healed. It's not that you can't pr proceed and be, and be advanced. It's that the fact that you are carrying things that don't belong to you. God says that he has prepared, right? He has prepared you for this time. But if you choose to carry weapons, if you choose to carry weight that don't belong to you, that's on you. That's not on God. So I got to choose to let go of those things. All right. So why is it a bad idea to build a foundation on hurt? Number one, hurt distorts your vision. All right. It distorts your view of reality. I'm not sure about y'all, but uh, when I was in PE, I know it's PE health class. In the health class, we did the unit on uh, drunk driving. Y'all ever remember getting the drunk goggles and y'all had to put them on and you had to walk or drive a golf court, cop court cart or something like that? Did your reality, did the physical reality actually change? No. That line was still straight before you put those goggles on. And that line was straight after you put those drunk goggles on. The people in the room, they didn't become blurry. In reality, they still were the same people. What happened was when you put on those drunken goggles in that health class, your lens of perception distorted your view of reality. And so when you're hurt, hurt is like, like a lens that distorts your view of reality. Hurt says this, that man for you, that woman for you ain't no good. But in reality, they're everything that God needed them to be to make you the best you. 
But because you harbor hurt and you see life through that lens, what's happening is, is that the reality that God, the opportunities that God are giving you, the, the, the opportunities of obedience, the opportunities for relationships, the opportunities for healing, the opportunities for advancements on your job, they are distorted because you're looking through them through a lens of being hurt. And so it's distorting your viewpoint, causing you to miss out on the future that God has hoped for you to have because you're harboring the hurt from your past realities, all right? That's why you can't build a foundation on hurt. It's always going to distort your view. Some of y'all can't receive a man and woman of God because some pastor at some point has hurt your feelings, right? And because of that, you have an inability to receive the word. The Bible says the word of the wise will bring healing. You can't even receive the words from Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, or if you don't go to church here, the words from the man or the woman of God of your ministry, because you're because you were hurt in the past, then now you're saying every pastor is bad. Every pastor is this. You understand that stereotypes are only limited images of belief that the enemy uses to create containers to confine us. That's what a stereotype is. It is a limited reality of an image created to constrain us, right? That's what it is. When I go places, right? When I go, when I was at the University of Arkansas and I walked into the elevator of four white boys in there and they said, hey, why are you here? I'm like, hey, man, I'm from Southwest Arkansas. I'm here on a, a full scholarship and I'm studying math. They said, oh, you got a scholarship. Must have been due to affirmative action. Their limited thinking, right? It was just a stereotype. It was just their limited thinking, their ignorance not to understand that, hey, I have the highest ACT score in my county. That's what got me this scholarship to come to U of A for free or anywhere in Arkansas. But if we allow stereotypes, right, I could have let that hurt me. I could have let that damage me, but I released them. Why? Because I didn't have time to be caught up in their ignorance. And so many times you have let other people's ignorance, other people's stupidity create wounds of hurt for you that didn't hold them up, but held me up. Because you know what them white boys would did when they got off the elevator? They went and lived their life. You know what would happen to me if I took their words to be true? If I said, oh, Ralph, you're not that intelligent. You just here because you was a black boy and they needed a token black person to give a scholarship to to make their data look good. It would have impacted my whole perception. It would have distorted my view of what I look like and it would have tarnished the image that God had created on the inside of me. So I released them. I didn't have time for that. But there were some words that my dad did say or didn't say that I hadn't released, right? So sometimes it's easier to forgive some situations because you got confidence in that area. Like if you told Ava Marlowe that she didn't look good, it wouldn't have mattered because Ava, Ava is one of the most confident people that I know. Ava woke up and said, Daddy, take my picture, put me on Facebook. That That's just how she rolls, right? But if I come home and I don't hug her or something like that, 
then those are things for her that begins to hurt our feelings. So as, as Christians, we got to identify where we, in our souls, where we're most sensitive. And those are the areas we got to be paying attention to because those are the areas in which we can create wounds or hurt that hinder our progress, all right? The second reason why you do not want to establish a foundation built on hurt. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm hurt, but I'll, I'll tough it through. No, you got to deal with the hurt. Why? Hurt creates bitterness, right? And what does bitterness do? Let's read it. It says, make every effort, in Hebrews 12, 14, and 15, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be what? Holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Here's the thing about hurt. Hurt creates bitterness that causes you to defile the will of God. In other words, when I operate from a place of hurt, I relinquish the benefits of the cross. I relinquish them. Why? Because bitterness causes trouble and causes defilement, causes you to be defiled. So I got to understand that when I harbor hurt, when I harbor bitterness, when I harbor unforgiveness, because the only reason you're unforgiven, anybody that you haven't forgiven and you only haven't forgiven, you haven't forgiven them because you're still hurt by it. Hurt and forgiveness don't dwell in the same place. Yeah, you ain't. But see, some of us, especially as a man, right? You're right, Mama. Uh, my dear, hurt is like a cancer; it will spread. Uh, as a man, sometimes it's hard. It's easy for me to express anger. It's easy for me to express frustration. It's easy for me to be irritated. All right, but it's not easy for most men to say that hurt my feelings. Why? Because that vulnerability of admitting hurt. In our society, for most men, or even people, I won't even say men, shows weakness. But here's the thing. In our weakness, what does the Bible say? In our weakness, who's made strong? He is, right? So I got to say, God, I got to be able to admit, God, when Pastor Chris said this, that hurt my feelings. I, I don't know why it hurt my feelings, but it did. And I don't want to be one that has ill will towards Pastor Chris. So what I'm going to do is deal with my hurt. And sometimes dealing with my hurt means I go talk to Pastor Chris about what was said. I just told April this morning, I said, April, I don't know why when you say this, this, and this, it makes me feel this way. It's not even rational to me why it does, but I'm telling you it does. And so this is what I need to happen. Yes. Did it make me vulnerable? I've been married to April for almost 20 years. We dated for five years before that. But you got to, in order for us to grow up and mature and to exhibit the love of God and not get out of love according to the prophecy, I got to be willing to be vulnerable and allow Holy Spirit to heal me in the areas. Sometimes you're not even going to know why it hurts your feelings, but it does, right? Sometimes you're not even going to know why you're offended, but it did. And so you got to dig all of that up so it does not take root and cause trouble and cause you to defile. The other reason why building a foundation of hurt 
uh, is not a good idea. It prevents your progress. Why? Hurt seeks to protect self. Therefore, it takes God's will out of, out of the picture. Anytime I'm hurt, I'm going to always seek protection. Most of the time, you seeking protection is also going to prevent God's will from coming to place in your life. Prime example, when the person I had uh, that had hurt me, right, before I got past it, right? Like, what did I tell you happened? The moment they called, in my mind, I already said no. I threw God's will out of the picture, right? When you in relationships, in relationships, all right. If you see, any, if you're not, if you're not over the past relationship, if you see any resemblance of, if this is what Hurt says, Hurt says this. I could use Nitra. Hurt say, Nitra, look, you know, last time it looked like this. What happened? I'm here to keep you safe so that your feelings don't get hurt again. So what you need to do, you need to do one of a few things, right? You need to lash out before they lash out. You need to quit before they quit. You need to blow this up before they blow it up, right? Or you don't need to trust them anymore. You need to just kind of go to the side, start looking for other opportunities, other people, because you already know the direction this is going to go in. Or you begin to be depressed and you begin to be angry and you begin to act out towards the person. Don't, that's what's going to happen. Why? Because hurt is all about protecting your feelings. But baby, listen, faith don't got nothing to do with your feelings. And your inability, so every time you use hurt to protect your feelings, it takes you out of faith because faith says this, stay in a relationship. This is the man I got for you. Stay in a relationship. This is the uh, wife I got, the, the woman I got for you. Stay on a job. I don't care what your supervisor is doing. I don't care that this looks like past situations. I told you this was your job. Stay there. Hurt says, no, run. You better get away. Last time the economy did this, everybody was getting laid off. This was the same type of job you had when the economy looked like this last time. You better go find a job somewhere where you know it's going to be safe. But God is like, ain't this the job I told you to be on? Did I not tell you you'll be okay? But if you don't deal with that hurt, then your soul man is going to talk to you so much, right? And until the Bible, St. Corinthians tells us, we got to develop a new perception. Old things have passed away. I'm letting go of hurt because hurt hinders my progress towards living the abundant life that God told me I can have in John 10 and 10. So I can't be sowing disobedience. I can't be sowing a deaf ear towards God. I can't be sowing anger and resentment towards people because that's not what I want to sow. I mean, reap. So I got to let it go because as long as I try to protect myself, the longer I'll fail. That's Jeremiah 17 and 5. The longer I try to protect myself. Some of y'all, y'all got people on your mind now. God ain't, I mean, I ain't going to call you out. Y'all just need to do it. You just need to say, choose to forgive them. I don't care if they don't ever say sorry. You don't need anybody sorry to choose to forgive them. I like that. I'm going to 
put that one up. I don't know who you are, Facebook user. Hurt recycles painful thoughts and prevents growth. That's it so well. Hurt recycles painful thoughts and prevents growth. You can't be hurt and focus on God's will at the same time. Hurt pulls you out of trusting God. Because this is what God would do. God would be like, hey, give them some money. Oh, that's Courtney. Thank Courtney. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Courtney is Facebook user. Uh, Hurts, God will be like, hey, I need you to sow into their life. But what Hurt says is this, they don't deserve your money. They hurt you. What 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 God will be like, God was like, God, God, you like, you need your rent paid. Right? God's giving you an opportunity to sow. But Hurt comes in and says, you know, they don't deserve it. You, you know that uh the way of the transgressor is hard. I mean, you you know that that they deserve what they're getting because they ain't listening to God. They ain't obeying God. We justify our disobedience when we're hurt. Because why? We're trying to protect our feelings. But you don't need anybody's apology for you to forgive them, to release them. The person I'm talking about don't even know I'm talking about them in this message. But I released them. I, once I identified that I was hurt, once I identified through studying out hurt how it hinders my future, I can't afford to be hurt because it prevents me from hearing trusting God. And, and let me talk to y'all, church folks, real quick. Man, we all we run out of time. Don't. I'm gonna say it like this. Y'all know it's Wednesday night, so it's it's. It's, we just say how things, we just say how it is. Don't let a desire to be pampered to rob you of godly purpose. Don't let your desire to be pampered rob you of godly purpose. So many, <laughs> up next, church hurt. <laughs> so many people running around the church with their feelings hurt because you nobody hugged you. Nobody said hi. They didn't text you. They didn't call you out. They didn't, they didn't put you on the spotlight. The pampering of your feelings will always interfere with your future. The pampering of your feelings will always interfere with your future. It doesn't matter if nobody hugged you at the church. It doesn't matter if the pastor didn't call your name out and you agreed, right? That doesn't matter. What happens is a lot of us, well, I ain't, ain't us, I ain't, it ain't me, so I ain't going to say us. A lot of people are upset with people in the church because your feelings and your ego ain't being stroked. But that is not the purpose of the church. It is not to pamper to your feelings, baby. It's not to make you feel warm and fuzzy. It's not for you to just come in here. The part You got to understand this. The job of your pastor is not to pamper you, but to perfect you. The job of your pastor, all right, is not to pamper you, but to perfect you. It ain't their job to be like, oh, Kimberly, that's so sweet. Ooh, I love that. It ain't their job to hug you every time you come to church. It ain't their job to text you every single moment. That ain't the job of the pastor. The job of the pastor is to perfect you. And I don't know any, 
I don't know about you. Anything that's perfect has taken time, has taken resiliency, has taken effort, and it ain't been nothing that was nice and easy. So your growth ain't going to be friendly. It ain't going to always be nice. You ain't going to always hear words. So many people love diamonds, but you don't want the pressure. You don't want to go through the pressure that's required to make a diamond. You don't want to go through the, the refinement of years and decades and millennia of being pressed down into a stone. You don't want to then be found and allow the word of God to carve away all of that junk to polish you, to shine you up, to give you all of the facets needed to glow in this earth with perfection the way that he's created. What we want people to do is to see us in that, we want to be like this. We want to be cubic zirconia, right? That's what you want. You want cubic zirconia. You, you want the cheap stuff. You want to look like the real stuff. You want to have the benefits of the real stuff, but you don't want to go through the transition of becoming the real thing. And that's what's wrong with the body of Christ. We want pastors that's our friends. Let me help you. Pastor Edwin is my friend. Pastor Sean is my friend. Doing ministry for 21 years together, that makes them my friends. But baby, please understand this. I will relinquish my friendship for their pastoral uh, uh, authority in my life. Hands down. I don't need them as a friend. I need them as a pastor. Why? Because I need their words to perfect me. I need their words to see the blind spots in my life that I can't see. Yeah, being their friend is a byproduct. But I don't need them to be my friend. See, but what, what, what most Christian people want, they want their feelings pampered. They want to come in and they want the pastor to be their friend. Well, I'm only their friend. They want I want I want a relationship with Pastor Shun the way pa Pastor Chris got a relationship with Pastor Shun. Baby, that's refinement. That that you don't know the tears that she shed. You don't know the times that I was in that office and Pastor Sean came through with the, some of y'all ain't even seen the finger in the air. Y'all ain't even heard that. You want the diamond experience, but you really are cubic zirconia. And see, God is just trying to grow us up. But as long as we allow the enemy to let us have to be offended with our pastors. As long as we allow the enemy to cause us to like, I don't need to go to church, right? You, the problem is you feel us hurt. But feelings and faith don't align. If God said that Pastor Edwin is my man of God, and if Pastor Edwin called me today and said, Rap, you won't teach another Wednesday Bible study. Guess what I'm doing? Not peace out. Why? We sometimes, what hurt does is cause you to abandon people that you've been called to. That's why some of y'all are lonely now. You ain't willing to get past the hurt, to be connected to the person God called you to. I don't get to abandon Pastor Edwin when he says something I don't like. I don't get to abandon Pastor Edwin when he do something I don't like. I don't get to abandon Pastor Edwin when he missed the mark and don't hear God. Until the Lord says, 
This is no longer your man of God. Because I used to say, I'll follow Pastor Edwin as he followed God. But that ain't the truth. I follow Pastor Edwin until God tells me not to do it. So that means if he does something illegal, he's my man of God until God say he ain't. FOC is my church until God say it ain't. But see, so many times we abandon people based on how we feel and based on hurt instead of hearing God. Why? Because hurt deafens your ears. Hurt distorts your perception. It makes things look different than the way that they really are. And that's why we got so many people out here unprotected, out here all alone, out here getting annihilated by the enemy, and they're being deceived because they think they don't got to come to church. The enemy uses your past experiences to cause you to build mistrust in your man and woman of God in order to prevent your progress. Here's the thing that you understand. You're not coming to church and hurting them, it's hurting you. Your progress, Ben, is the one that's hindered when you don't come, when you allow hurt to separate you, when you allow offense to drive a wedge between you. Because when you allow, when you begin offended with them, your, the words they speak, they become, they become optional. And I've seen it. I mean, when you've been around 21 years, we've seen a lot of people come and go. Lots of people come and go. And, and, and you could see how the offense begins to drive a wedge. You know, they got hurt. Uh, they said something. A person wanted to do something. Pastor Edwin said it wasn't time yet. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get offended, and then their words don't have value. When their words don't have value, you minimize their word. And then from minimizing, you don't need them no more. And now you're fully independent. It's not the church's progress that's going to be hindered. It's not the Strickland's progress that's going to be hindered. It's your progress that's hindered because you're not in the spot that God called you to be in. It's like Abraham when he called him to go to Canaan, right? Abraham tried to take everybody with him. Baby, sometimes you got to leave that team that you've been on and go to the team God called you to. My family was Baptist all I knew. I didn't care nothing about Baptist. What I care about is deliverance. I don't care nothing about being Kojic. I care about deliverance. I don't care nothing about Pentecost. I don't care nothing about any of that. I care about deliverance. Some of y'all are choosing churches based off family tradition, not based off what God told you to do. You don't want to hurt your family's feelings when you know that ain't the place for you to grow up and get the word. You don't want to hurt your family's feelings and you don't want to move away because this is their, my family lived in this house, in this town, and, and this is our family tradition. Well, let that tradition handle your progress then. Go ahead then. Go ahead then. You got to care more about deliverance than you do hurting somebody's feelings. You got to care more about deliverance than you do your own feelings. Because at the end of the day, getting rid of hurt is how I get delivered. Pastor Shun did a whole bunch uh, teaching on healing, right? Hurt is something that we got to be healed from because that being healed from hurt brings a deliverance for us to experience God in the way that he wants us to be experienced. All right. Let me skip down to my last page so we can get out of here.
Your point of reference cannot be your past. All right. I've done some things in my life that ain't been great. And some of my friends, my wife, my kids could choose not to trust me. But they don't allow their point of reference to be their past. But they focus on a future that God has created for them to have, right? My marriage. I'm married today. You know why I'm married today? Because God said to be married. You, you know why we got kids today? Because God's told us to have kids. You think it's easy? You don't think your kids hurt? You don't think my kids have hurt my feelings and, and things like that? I don't dwell on that, right? I focus on the future that God promised me. See, the only way you can continue to be hurt is if you focus more on the past than you do God's future. That's the only way to be hurt, that you focus on the past and that point of reference more than you do the future that God has created for you. Your past is not protecting you. Your past is not prospering you. Your past is not progressing you. Like I told you earlier, hurt is like a small cut. But if you left, leave it unkept, it will kill you. It'll kill your dreams. It'll kill your health. It'll kill your relationships. It will kill your future if you don't deal with it. So as we conclude for tonight, we must make a conscious decision to dismiss what people have done to us. Let's go ahead and, and, and say this. Father God, I, I dismiss fill in the blank, for what they've done to me. I dismiss them. Father, that's what I did in high school. Father, I dismissed my man in college when I wrote my dad that letter. Father, I, God, I dismissed my dad for hurting me. I thank you that you have created me to have a good life. I don't know why he did everything that he did. I don't even got to understand it. I just thank you that you're going to put men in my life that will father me and help me grow up. I got to I, I gotta dismiss. I dismiss the person in my family for hurting me. I was hurt when they made that decision to do X, Y, and Z. I don't understand why they made the decision. I don't understand why they keep doing it over and over. But what I choose not to do is be hurt and have angst towards them. Father, I choose not to get out of love. So I release them, I dismiss them, and I choose to focus on the future that you have towards me. And I thank you that their life is redeemed and belongs to the Lord. I dismiss them. I dismiss the person that abused me. I dismiss the person that cheated me. I dismiss the person that physically did this. I dismiss that person. I choose to remain in love. And the only way that I can remain in love is that I get rid of hurt. In Ephesians 4 and 32, it says it like this. Be kind and compassionate for one another, to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. He didn't give you an option. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. He didn't say to those that do treat me well. He didn't say to those that never offend me. He didn't say to those who are always nice to me, be kind and compassionate to one another. For the fact that he says forgiving each other is an indication that people are going to do stuff that hurt our feelings. 
They're going to do stuff that, uh, that that's not to our well-being. But he says, forgive them anyway. Mark 11 and 25 says like this. It says that when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I don't got time to harbor hurt towards anybody because I need God to forgive me of everything I've done. I don't need God. I don't need to be sowing unforgiveness because I don't want to reap unforgiveness. Romans 12 and 19 says it like this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I, it's job, God's job to repay. Whatever they did to hurt you, when they molested you, when they raped you, when they abused you mentally, physically, emotionally, when they cheated you, when they took your money, it's not your job to repay wrong for wrong. It's your job to forgive, dismiss, and move on. Let God deal with them. Let God deal with them. Why? Because that's how you are able to re release yourself to receive what God has for you. As, as we understand, hurt people, when you're hurt, you make bad decisions. You just do. When, you're, when you've been hurt, you, you make decisions to protect your feelings. You make decisions to protect your own future. But you got to understand that when you protect your future, you eliminate God's will for your life. You do. You eliminate God's will for your life. So if you're always making decisions to try to protect your feelings instead of making decisions to protect your future, you're hurt. I ain't hurt, Pastor Ralph. If you're always making decisions to try to protect how you feel instead of making decisions to protect the future God has for you, you are hurt. And hopefully you'll come into a revelation like I did on Sunday. And once you identify your hurt, you'll do something about it. All right? You'll do something about it. Because here's the thing. You don't have to be hurt again. Well, how is that possible? We'll pick this up next week, but I'll read the scripture to you, Luke 10 and 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means do what? Hurt you. You have been given authority over hurt. You have authority over the enemy. You have the power over demonic forces that would try to entrap you. However, the authority must be exercised for hurt to be extinguished. So if you're choosing to be hurt tonight, you're choosing it by, by choice. You got the power to over hurt. You have authority over it. And so you got to utilize the authority that you've been given to dismiss every person that has hurt you, to dismiss every person that has harmed you, to choose to forgive them so that you may experience the good life. Cut the umbilical cord to hurt tonight so that God's goodness may manifest and flow in your life. All right? So that was the word for tonight. Uh, most likely we'll come back next week and talk about talk about a little more. But guys, I'm telling you, hurt, hurt, <laughs> hurt is kind of like blood pressure. It's the silent killer. 
you could be operating in offense and hurt and not realize it. So look at yourself. If I'm always making decisions to try to protect my feelings to, or if this person makes me feel this way, that, uh, what Pastor Sean said, she was like, Ralph, this is how you can identify. Once I saw it, it was hurt. I said, hey, how do you identify when you're hurt? She's like, the fact that when they called you, you felt this way. When, 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 when you talk to them, you closed your, your heart to God to hear on what to do. Those are all indications that you're hurt. And so I want to let you guys know, hey, you don't got to be hurt. And when you let go of hurt, you can begin to sow and do the things God wants you to do so that you can experience the life God wants you to have. All right. So we'll probably be back next week um, talking about this again. All right, let me run through these announcements real quick. All right, let me get my, to my announcements folder. All right, so as you know, uh, October 30th, 11 a.m., we got to huddle. All right, make plans to be there. All right, now, I don't think I did this, but if you're a first-time visitor, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the word. I hope you were blessed by the word. We look forward to seeing you again at one of our services. If you are not already a partner with our ministry, I encourage you to go to www.focchurch.com and become a partner today. All right. Partnership definitely has its privileges at FOC, we believe, and teaching the undiluted word of God exactly how it's written in the word. And, and with that, it is used for the perfection of the saints. I didn't read that scripture to you guys. Uh, about the, the pastor's job, there's Ephesians 4. Uh, I wasn't making that up. Ephesians 4 says that the job of the pastors, the fivefold ministry, is for the perfecting of the saints. And so that's what we believe at FOC. We would love for you to become a partner and that we grow up in God together. All right. Um, you know that our next opportunity to be uh, together is Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. Uh, for Champion Circle Prayer. I encourage you to set your alarms and be there. Then come back Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our, our awesome Pastor Chris and our Elder Valley as they lead us into worship. Pastor Elder and Pastor Sean will follow that up at 9.30 a.m. with Sunday celebration. And then Pastor Sean is back on Mondays on her personal and professional page via Facebook and uh, YouTube for strategies for success. And then Tuesday night, we have a prayer at 8 p.m. Uh, and then Wednesday, you know, at 7 p.m., we have Ignite. Hey, don't forget about getting your boys signed up for Ignite. Uh, so please make sure you, uh, Pastor Evan, put a post out. Please make sure that you sign up for Ignite. Uh, get your, all your kids, males and females, sign them up. We got a little guy group going now with the team boys. So get them, get sentries to get them the information so they can become part of the group. All right. Um, uh, what else? Oh, also, you know, FOC, we have 100% tithes. So uh, give your offering. Uh, you can give you a push, give a five push pay text to give or PayPal at FOCChurchNWA.com. Uh, PayPal is for our international partners. I think Pastor Evans, I forgot how many countries you said we're in around the world, but uh, make sure you do that. What I also encourage you to do is this. Uh, Go go monitor your giving. I went and looked. I was like, man, I ain't where I wanted to be. So I need to increase what I'm doing, right? You can track your giving. So and, and just challenge yourself each year. God, I want to give more than I gave last year. I want to exceed my giving. Every year I want my giving to grow up. And so, but you do that by tracking it. So that's what I love about 
I use uh, Gillify, it's my favorite, but you use Pushpay pay or Tile. All right. So uh, that is all our announcements. Uh, don't forget uh, to honor Pastor Chris this week for Master Appreciation Week. If FLC is not your church home, make sure you honor your man and woman of God at your church home. Uh, let them know how much you appreciate them for the time that they put in to ensure that you have a word that's designed to change your life. All right. You guys be blessed. I love you so much. And I'll see you guys Friday morning for Champion Circle Prayer. Bye-bye.